The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. John E. Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money, managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you create better financial habits, envision your long-term goals, and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of John E. Sistina and Company are on deck to show you the way. Thank you for joining the Managing to Be Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Bennett. Joining me today are certified financial planners, Cole Hammock and Spencer Hager. Hi, guys. How are you? Just super. We're here again. Yeah, I love it. Back for another one. You guys ready to get into it? (laughs) I'm always ready. You look very excited. I don't know. We need might need to revamp the energy here for a second. Let's everybody take a deep breath. Yeah. All right. I feel I I feel worse. And just tell them the topic. Everyone's going to get jacked up. Yeah. Well, it is that time of year um, that a lot of people actually are looking forward to doing projects where they are giving back. So philanthropy is is a, is big and uh, during the holidays, um, in all levels, physical, financial, uh, spiritual. So we kind of want to get into how this affects your financial plan. So the topic today is elevating your impact, phil- philanthropic mastery, and effective giving strategies. Strong type. Say that five times fast. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, uh, let's define personal philanthropy. I think it looks different for everybody, but there is sort of an overall from a financial perspective um, point of view. So let's start with Cole. Yeah. No, it, it, defining personal philanthropy, I think, really is more what is is right for you. I know you had mentioned the financial piece, and sometimes that's easier for people. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of charities out there, organizations that need cash, right? You can't necessarily be boots on the ground. But I think for a lot of people, too, time is a great option. If you're available, if you're able, if that's where you get fulfillment, you got to figure out what's right for you. So it's not always a financial piece for people. It's just, I know part of today is talking about uh, the tax impact of that, too. Unfortunately, you can't deduct time. But uh, if that's where your value is, or if that's where you can provide the most service, that's a great option. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's uh, really one of three things. One, you're donating your time, you're donating funds to an existing charity, or maybe donating your time and funds to the existing charity, or on not at the extreme level, but a little bit more involved. It's, you know, you found a, a an area you're very passionate about that maybe there isn't a charity that's already existing that you feel like you can step in and be a part of. And so you're going out and creating your own foundation, a charity, an operation to give to that area. That's pretty deep into the philanthropy side of things, but I'd say one of those three. And and dare I say there there is there is an audience where where there is extra money to be able to save money on taxes and put it to good use. So yeah. the the MO is still the same, right? But it's it's a little bit of a different management process on on the financial side of things. So for sure. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. And, and first you're you're exploring your personal why. Why are you why are you doing it? What are you interested in? Um, and I think you guys have pretty much uh, uh, approached that. So strategies for maximum impact, um, you know, let's my first question, I hear this a lot in our day to day meetings and staff meetings. Um, 
and I really like sort of a 101 on strategic giving, how is how it's different from other kinds of giving. Yeah, I think we're waiting to see who would answer first. Uh, so there's there's a lot of great options as far as strategic giving. Uh, so the, the, the first one's honestly just simple, right? You give cash. It's not really strategic, but it, it fits your needs. It's simple. It's easy. It works for you. Uh, if you want to take that a step further, some places will let you give from a credit card. You can collect points, collect travel miles, that kind really? of thing. Absolutely. Not not every place. I've seen it. Um, you go a step further, uh, and then maybe it's an option of gifting stock. So some organizations are set up that they can accept appreciated stock, which is a home run for a lot of people, especially if we're talking large sums of money, because you're able to gift something that's maybe appreciated that you would have to pay taxes otherwise by selling it. And then charity receives that for the full value. They don't have to pay any taxes since they're a charity, so they get that full benefit. It's great. Um, and then you can get into the minutia of well, maybe it's bunching giving. Maybe we don't just do one year every year, but we'd say let's let's give two years worth in a single year, do nothing next year, just kind of rinse and repeat that process to squeeze a little bit more out of the tax code, out of the available deductions. So that way you can get a larger write-off. And there's that every other year scenario. So I'm sure there are more out there. I'm not sure, Spencer, if you can think of any that I didn't mention there. Uh, well, I would just build off that, too, with the bunching strategy. I Usually what I run into, and you know, I deal with this on the personal level, most people don't necessarily love the idea of I gave two years worth of charity in one year, and then I'm just not going to give to that charity a for a whole another year. So that's really where that whole idea of gifting appreciated stock or securities really comes in handy because then you give to that charity throughout the year. And we'll probably get into more of this as far as the mechanics of gifting the stock or the appreciated security. You do that in the same year, get a larger deduction potentially, we'll unpack that. Um, but that way you can still give to the charity the next year. And the only other one is if you're past uh, age 70 and a half, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So now it's not 70 and a half. It used to be where if you're at that age, you had to take money out of a pre-tax 401k or an IRA and pay taxes on it. It's even though that age has changed, it's 73 now. You can take it at uh, 70 and a half. You can take money out of that pre-tax account, give to the charity. Benefit is presumably you never paid taxes on the money that went in that pre-tax account. And because you're giving it to a charity, they don't have to pay taxes either. So it's a tax-free event. It's pretty yeah, good. One of very few ways you can take money out of an IRA completely tax-free. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be 70 and a half. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about some cool ways to incorporate giving through your estate planning. Who wants to take that one? That one, again, that's a little bit of a more niche application because usually there's some pretty hefty fees involved. I, well, it depends. I take that back. Baseline with your estate planning is you can just put it into your your will or your trust. You can designate a charity. You can designate a charitable giving account to make sure that upon your passing, money is going to a charity of your choosing, multiple charities. I know plenty of people have done that. So that's kind of an easy way, just knowing that it doesn't always have to be an individual. You can leave money to charity. You can leave it all to charity. doesn't matter. What I was starting to jump to, and I got way ahead of myself, was you can even get really far down the rabbit hole with different types of charitable trusts, which we would need. There, a, there's a lot of acronyms. Yeah, we would need that, an attorney. And, and, on yeah, that. I was going to say, we're not attorneys, so um, that's definitely in a conversation. But, you know, good bullet points for people to take to their attorneys, you know, for, for those that are interested in doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And that would be considered giving posthumously, I would assume, right? Yeah, and there's even some tax benefits that go into it, bringing it back to that. So that one 
It depends. So yeah. I'll just say as an easy way to not make this a two-hour podcast, usually it has to be a really high number that you're looking to give to charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more that goes into it. And again, the more complicated it gets, the more fees that are involved. So that's why I was saying most people, it's just put into the will, put into the trust. I'd say generally speaking, this is after some large appreciation event. Yeah. So oftentimes we see it's a result of selling a business. Mm-hmm. So if there's a, a massive gain on the business, we're trying to uh, insulate ourselves from taxes on that. Then some of that uh, estate-based giving, the acronym-based giving uh, becomes a lot more relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Boy, lots of lots of veins of and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So talking very um, utilitarian from our business perspective, how how. Uh, philanthropy, donating, giving, charity can affect your financial plan. How do people start weaving that into their financial plan? And how soon is, is there is there a no no to that? You know, or is it subjective? It's it's very subjective because I think a lot of giving for people it's kind of who they are at their core. So almost irrespective of anything else, that's kind of their priority. Right. So everything else is going to flow around that, whether that's to a, a long term detriment or not. To a certain degree, that might not matter. Mm-hmm. Just have to make everything else work around that. And then there are others where, OK, we have all of our other pieces in place. We have some extra cash. What do we do with that? Maybe there's something we're passionate about. Maybe there's another organization. And from there we can tailor it. But it really comes down to the individual. Yeah, very subjective. I would never tell someone to not give to charity, right, from a budgeting perspective. But mm-hmm. to that point, I think most people don't think of it as spending, right, from a budgeting perspective, because you're not spending it on yourself. It's not going into a retirement account. So they don't think of it as money going out the door. I always tell people from a budgeting perspective, you should include that. Most people, it moves with your income, right? Your How much you give varies on what what's coming in the door for one reason or the other. So I always just say track it and then try and know project what you're going to give in the future years or the coming year, because that goes back to what we were starting to talk about at the beginning, as far as some potential efficient tax planning ways you can achieve the goal of giving what you want to give and maybe get a tax bump for it too. So you're suggesting people actually have a savings bucket for charitable giving? Or just when you're tracking your expenses, knowing what you need to save towards in the future, I just say include the charitable giving if that's something you it's not every once in a while I give to charity. It's I know every year I want to give something to charity. Just factor that in. Yeah. So maybe it's a, a set aside just based on when you do it. Yeah. But that may be a specific. Yeah. So the start small, dream big concept is what you're talking about, preparing for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, again, depends on the individual, but I like that phrasing. So optimizing tax efficiency. And again, we're not accountants, so I need to say that. But how can we ensure that, you know, how can people ensure that they're properly documenting their charitable contributions for tax purposes? Is that just sort of a data gathering process? Keep receipts. Yeah. (laughs) Track it. Cash Uh, and other keep receipts. uh, Absolutely. For everything. Uh, Always. Um, But to take down, are we allowed to talk about numbers on this one or no? No. Okay, well, then... (laughs) Oh, we have to. I, I Concepts. Have to. This is a concept program, guys. That's a different podcast. Uh, well, then the, the idea is uh, going back to, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but you have your standard deduction and your itemized deduction. I won't say numbers, so that's Tracy, okay. you don't get upset with me, but your standard deduction is just a flat amount. Birthday, you can't say what I don't want you to say today. <laughs> Wish granted. Uh, so the standard deduction is just a flat amount you can reduce your income by based on your filing status. That the number could be anything. I won't say it, but make sure you look that one up or review with the CPA. The idea of your itemized deductions, 
That's made up of three to four other categories, depending on where your income is and what your spending looks like. So that includes your medical expenses. That includes your uh, state and local taxes plus property taxes, uh, mortgage interest paid. And then the last one's charitable giving, what we're talking about here. So the idea is if everything put together on the itemized side does not exceed the standard deduction, we're taking the standard deduction. We'll keep our taxes simple for the year. But if there's an option that we could say, well, what if we were to bunch our charitable giving? So rather than just doing the the simple kind of humdrum, we do five grand every year for the rest of forever. What if it makes sense to do two years in one year and then nothing the next year? So by doing that, if all the numbers add up together and that exceeds that standard deduction, you're actually coming out ahead where you wouldn't have otherwise. So you definitely have to look at the numbers, keep the receipts, do your tracking to Spencer's point, make sure you know what's going out the door for charity. But there's there's ways that you can restructure that to get a little bit more bang for your buck from a tax perspective. And it's it's really important not to get your tax information from social media. So, you know, the tax laws and regulations change from yes. time to time. So we always recommend that you touch base with your CPA on these matters, uh, the specialist who knows how to help you with these situations. Yeah, and that's fine. We can we can avoid numbers. But I'll say this part. When it comes back to the gifting appreciated stock or security is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. There's what Cole was saying was more on current year tax deduction, right? Because if you can bunch and you get above the itemized deduction or the standard deduction number, you get a benefit because you're taking a higher itemized deduction that year. It's a benefit to you. If you're gifting into, say, a charitable giving account, uh, sometimes called a donor advised fund with that appreciated stock, even if you don't end up taking the itemized deduction, or if you do, usually the benefit of doing that, you're not taking that stock from an IRA. You're not taking it from a 401k. Usually it's a a plain Jane brokerage account where if you pulled money out of it tomorrow, you'd have to either realize a capital gain or a capital loss. The benefit of gifting that appreciated security is if it's going towards charity, any capital gain that's already built up in there is waived as a result of you sending it to charity. So that doesn't have much to do with the itemized deduction unless it ties into the bunching item, but you still get an efficient tax planning way of giving to charity because you're essentially washing away the capital gains. We do recommend, though, like if you just keep shifting funds out of a brokerage account every year for charity, you're eventually going to drain that brokerage account. So the idea is you shift out those appreciated shares and then just buy back into the stock, put more money back into the market. So that way you're uh, even from a cash flow perspective, but you're just resetting the basis within the account. Mm-hmm. That's where you have to be honest with yourself to know if I if I did that $10,000 into the account, is that $10,000 going to transition into $10,000 more spending? Yeah, right? so absolutely. That's where it's, that's not really something. Is that a conversation for a CPA or a CFP? No. Probably more of a, well. For I'm, you guys or it's, for the It's, it's for a the question account. for the team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's definitely a strategy, right? For those who are interested in going that direction. Yeah. What about uh, financial gifting? So um, I have X amount of dollars at the end of the year, and I have five individuals I want to gift money to. How does that managed? And what's what's? are there any tax implications to that? Well, you're not going to get a tax benefit for it. I'll just say that. And then you just have to be mindful of how much you're giving to them. That's outside of... So it doesn't lower my taxable income when I do that? Not to gift not, to not individuals. So it's just literally a, a gift of the kindest heart. Yeah, and it shouldn't yeah. add to their taxes either. So you just have to be... You can look this up. There are annual gift tax exclusions. There's such a thing as a gift tax. Most people don't have to worry about that unless you're giving a ton of money. But just know that you can't 
usually shift $50,000 to an individual out of the kindness of your heart without having to file a couple extra tax forms. Sure. There is a max, like you can get somebody up to like, what, $17,000 17 per year? year. Is that for, right? For 2023, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. Free, free and clear of taxes. Correct. And realistically, in most cases, most people aren't going to pay taxes anyway. Like yeah. if I gave Spencer $18,000 tomorrow, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm not going to have to pay taxes on that extra $1,000. It basically just eats into my lifetime giving, which right now is about 13 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't plan on giving Spencer 13 million bucks. So in that said, that'd be okay. You just have to file a form. You communicate with the CPA yeah. uh, for any overage because then it eats into that. They're just going to track that every year. Yep. If you're giving somebody money, monetary gifts, do you have to fill out forms with your CPA? Yep. So, same idea. Yeah. 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 If it's over that 17,000 and next year might be a little bit higher. I'm not sure yet, but mm-hmm. I just... Communicate with the CPA. That way it's tracked. Again, probably not an issue for most people, but that number is changing all the time. It mm-hmm. could come back down. So better to be open and honest to avoid any issues. And, le- and let's face it, the point of giving is to create lasting change for people, for other people. That's I, we would all hope that that's the the MO. So create, you know, doing so is kind of although it's noble, there are things that you need to do in order to protect yourself. So um, how do we ensure that the efforts that people are taking uh, have sustainable impact? Does that is there an answer to that question? Uh, to me, that comes down more to just what charities you're giving to. I don't I, again. It, and how do you vet those? That's the other thing I want. I, it's not in my notes, but I actually I'm glad I sorry to interrupt you. But how do you vet charities? Is there a great place to go? To vet charities. Yeah, the interruption's forgiven. But uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, the conversation always starts from you want to give something to charity. The resource I've pointed people to before, it's just usually more on the estate planning side of things again, where it's I've got more money than I know what to do with. I don't have a bunch of friends and family that I want to leave it to. I want to leave some to charity, but I don't have charities I'm actively giving you know a lot of money to that I want to put it all towards in my estate. Uh, Charity Navigator is a good one. And that's that's where you can even, it'll go down to even showing you, you know, it gives it a rating system. It'll show you what, you know, what percentage of every dollar that's given to the charity is actually going towards the source, how much is eaten up in overhead, paying the, you know, officers operating the charity, things like that. So that's when you can look under the hood. Like I said, that's usually for people who don't already have charities they're actively giving Mm -hmm. towards and know they want to list them. Great. Again, that, that's charitynavigator.org. Yeah. And uh, honestly, if you are giving the charity, it's still worth searching your sure. charity. Make sure that they're doing what they say they're actually doing. Right. Because uh, looking earlier, like there's 29 charities right now that are assisting uh, with the Hawaii wildfires. Right. 29 charities. Some of those are a lot better than others, mm-hmm. just based on the, their ratings, what they're doing in terms of actually providing benefit to the cause. So do your research. Don't just settle on, hey, I've done this every year for the last 10, 20 years. Right. It might be better options out there now. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. Do you guys have any in your, you know, you do this every day. Do you have any interesting, unusual, without client names or without people's names, stories of interesting charitable giving scenarios? Interesting from it saved them money or interesting from just off the wall? Oh, well, that is interesting. From yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's subjective, too. But just something that's out of the box. That's not the normal write a check to somebody. I would say it comes back to more of the strategies we already discussed. I agree. Um, it's it's interesting to see people are just giving because again, bringing back to the standard versus itemized. For a lot of people, it's you could give zero dollars to charity in a year. You could give five thousand. 
your tax benefits the exact same. Mm-hmm. So I think what's really cool and interesting is when you actually look at the numbers, people realize how much they're giving, and then you show them those different strategies for if you did bunch the the giving and you did use some of this appreciated stock to do it, it'll save you a few grand over a three-year period in taxes for doing the exact same amount over that period. That's the interesting stuff. That's the cool stuff. I agree with that 100%. I think the, the only thing I'll say, because a lot of the focus on this tradable giving conversation has been on the tax impact of it. And just to be clear, you give because you want to, mm-hmm. not because you're saving taxes by giving, mm-hmm. right? It, it's nice to save taxes, but you still gave a dollar to save 20 or 30 cents, right? So <laughs> We're not making money doing it. So do it out of the goodness of your heart or give time. You give what you're comfortable with or mm-hmm. able but that's kind of my takeaway on it. Great. Great final comments. I mean, it's gratifying to see your contributions make a difference over time. And, and sometimes it's life-changing for somebody. And sometimes it's just changing over the day to give them hope and, and get them through the next day. So it all matters, uh, whether it's physical, spiritual, or financial. So great point to make that uh, statement. So if you want to have somebody look at your financial plan, we're here. Uh, we we love talking to people about um financial literacy and answering questions. Uh, We offer a complimentary consultation to anyone who wants to sit down and look at their baseline uh, to see if they can do it better in certain ways. So give us a call. We're happy to help. Uh, Please tune in and follow us for more financial literacy and more more conversations, more topics. And it was nice to see you guys today. Thanks for for joining. And uh, we hope you'll come back. We are managing to be wealthy. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Managing to be Wealthy podcast. We help you make the most of your money without any hidden fees or commissions. Remember, the best investment you can make is in yourself and your financial future. Keep listening for more expert advice and tips. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. To schedule a one-hour complimentary consultation to discuss your financial concerns, visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com.